0: Hello, this is Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. of the FBI television series with a word about your name and rank. What's in a name? If your friends call you Larry, your Latin name of Lawrence means the laurel. As the winners in ancient Greek games were crowned with laurel wreaths, it became the symbol of victory. As a petty officer, your rank originally involved the responsibility of instructing the crew in small arms and acting as ship's policeman. What's in a name?
1: Plenty. Next, the golden days of radio.
2: This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. On this program, we are featuring a salute to George Jessel. You'll also hear the voices of many of the greats... including John Barrymore, Will Rogers, Abbott and Costello... Rudy Vallee, Gene Harlow, and a host of others. A true soldier in grease paint is George Jessel. He's entertained servicemen everywhere in the world for the last 50 years. And wherever he goes, he always salutes our great country with songs like these George M. Cohan tunes.
0: (laughs) I'm a Yankee Doodle dandy, Yankee Doodle or die. I'm a real-life nephew of my Uncle Sam, born on the 4th of July. And I've got a Yankee Doodle sweetheart, and she's my Yankee Doodle joy. Yankee Doodle went to London just to ride the pony, and I am that Yankee Doodle boy over there.
2: George Jessel started in show business in New York in the early 1900s with pals like Eddie Cantor and Walter Winchell. One of his famous routines was his phone call to Mama. Here it is, exactly as it was recorded from an early radio program.
0: Hello, operator. I want an 39264. Hello, Mama. How are you, Mama? This is Georgie, your son from The Money Every Week. Yeah. How do you feel, honey? Oh, you still see spots in front of your eyes, huh? Oh, my. Are you wearing your glasses? They're on your forehead. Well, how long does it take to get them down? Or you got the glasses on now? Well, how is it? You see the spots better with the glasses, fine. <laughs> Look, I called you last weekend on a Saturday, but the phone didn't answer. Oh, you went on a trip to Virginia. Isn't that nice? Did you go through Monticello? You did. Did you see Thomas Jefferson's house there? Isn't that wonderful, Mom? That's over a hundred years old And since it was built They haven't done a thing to it They must have the same landlord That we have, I see Look, Mom How did you like that bird I sent you home for your birthday? You cooked it? Mom, That was a South American parrot He spoke five languages He should have said something Okay, look How's my sister Anna? She's dandy, huh? Look, put her on I'm anxious to talk to her Look, honey, I'm your oldest brother, and I love you very much. What's going to be with that fellow of yours, for heaven's sake? Look, honey, you've been you've been engaged now thirty-seven years. He said he'll marry you next winter. What makes you think so? Said it'll be a cold day when he marries you. Okay. I know you love him. You love him because he's good-hearted. What makes you think he's so good-hearted? When he walks in the streets, the dogs lick his hands. They'd eat once with a knife and fork, they wouldn't do that. <laughs> I tell you, I think if you lost a little weight, Anna, you would be much better. Maybe this is why, oh, you're on the diet. That's wonderful. Yeah, well, what did you have for your dinner tonight? You started off with some, with some noodle soup. That's fine, and what did you have after that? Steak and French fried potatoes, mozzas, gefilte fish, two pieces of apple pie, Some cheese and six bananas What about the diet? Oh, then you took the milk and crackers, I see Okay Well, put your mother on again Mama, there's no need of bothering about her This girl is in love, and there you are Well, let her live her own life You know what Longfellow tells us Tell me not in mournful numbers, life is but an empty dream Longfellow told me that I shouldn't listen to him, he's drunk No, 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 no Longfellow, the poet He didn't live next door to us at all That was Lowenstein, a bookmaker Who lived next door (laughs) Who's making all that noise? I hear all kinds of hollering there Little Moe Lee? What is he yelling about? Oh, 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 he swallowed the $5 gold piece That I gave Willie for Christmas? What are you going to do about it, Mom? Oh, Moe's going to live with us for a while (laughs) I see Goodbye, honey
2: In 1965, I was fortunate in working with George Jessel. I wrote and produced his record album, This Is My Show Business, and it featured some of the famous personalities of the past 50 years. Because
0: of the great Thomas Edison and other men who have perfected the phonograph record, we can now hear voices today of great people in all walks of life who physically have left us, but their voices are still with us, and you can hear them now. From the great Caruso to William Jennings Bryan... Franklin Delano Roosevelt to Burt Williams and Rudy Vallee and Valentino. And now a few words from the most colorful actor that the world has ever known, the great John Barrymore.
3: Ethel gave me my first break in the theater.
0: She put me on the stage for the first time professionally in a play called Captain Jinx. I next played with her in a drama called Sunday in which she spoke the now famous line, That's all there is. There isn't any more. And in the late 1920s, Will Rogers was still in the Ziegfeld Follies, and here he is. You know, he met the Ziegfeld, he sent there to Oklahoma to get me. Uh, the critics raved over me when I first went into New York.
4: Said they never had seen such features. Said I was different.
0: Zigfield not only glorified the American girl, but put enough clothes on
3: her to make people want to see her. Mr. Zigfield has produced the most wonderful shows, year after year, of any producer the theater has ever had. Every musical show that's produced is just an imitation of Ziegfeld.
0: Around that same time, three great personalities were playing at the Palace Theater in New York. Rudy Valley and the high-hatted tragedian of song, Ted Lewis, and the great humorist, Fred Allen.
3: Hi-ho, everybody. This is Rudy Valley,
0: announcing and directing recording of our radio greeting. Hi-ho, everybody. Hi-ho. Is everybody
4: happy? I've been asked to make an announcement of minute importance, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Allen! Oh, now, wait. Mr. Allen! Order, please. If that's some poker player calling for chips, I'll be down there with a chip on my shoulder before you can put out the kitty. Hello! Hello! Well, sir, as I live and try to keep from feeling like the owner of a luggage shop with these bags under my eyes, <laughs> if it isn't Portland.
0: A little while later, when radio became the rage, five stars dominated the scene. You all will remember, I, I'm sure, and I hope, Ben Burnie, when he closed this program with... This is Ben Burnie, the voice of experience, speaking, Elsa. And now the time has come to lend thine ears to au revoir, pleasant Au revoir, pleasant reed. Think of us? When requesting, you'll be. Au revoir, a palm cheerio, a toodle doodle, a bit of a tweet tweet, God love you, and pleasant reed. And Fanny Bryce, who went from the sad, lonesome girl standing under a lamppost singing My Man to the six year old mischievous baby snooks. <laughs> Now, stop that.
4: I know what's wrong. The Indians used a bow to twist their stick with. A bow? Yes.
5: Here, I have a bow in my hair.
4: Not that kind of a bow. A bow like in a bow and arrow. Oh, that kind. I got one upstairs. I was playing William Tell with ropes. for the air. William Tell with a real bow and arrow? Yeah. (laughs) It was fun. (laughs) Snooks. Did you shoot an apple off your little brother's head?
5: No, Daddy. I couldn't find an apple.
4: Oh, thank heaven
0: for that.
5: So I used a grape.
0: (laughs) Just about that time, people all over America were saying, Who's on first? With Abbott and Costello.
1: Well now, let's see. We have
4: on the bags, we have who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find what out. What silly name I say who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Are you the manager? Yes. You know the fellow's name? Well, I should. Well then who's on first? Yeah. I mean the fellow's name. That's it. That's who? Yeah. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first baseman. Who? Have you got a first baseman? Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Now so tell me who's on first. That's right. I want to know what's the guy's name on first. Baseman. No, no, what's on second? Baseman? I'm not asking you. You who's on second? Who is on first? I don't know. He's on third. Now, we're not mentioning third. How did I get on third base? You happen to mention his name. If I mention a third baseman's name, who did I say is playing third No, who is playing first? I'm not asking you who's on first. Who is on third? I'm asking you, what's the guy's name on third? What is on second? Who's on second? Who's on first? I don't know. He's on third. There I go, back on third again. (laughs) I can't change their name. You got a first baseman? Absolutely. When you pay him off every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. Why not? The man's entitled to it. Who is? Yes. So who gets it? Sure he does.
5: <laughs> Sometimes
4: his wife comes down and collects it. Whose wife? Yes.
5: <laughs> well, all
4: I'm trying to find out is what's the guy's name on first base? Listen, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who is on first? I don't know. Third Harry base. i pick it
0: up. And besides these comics, there was a young Irish tenor. Morton Downey
4: Fred to know how island sons can make themselves at home. North the south, to reach the west, wherever they may roam. It's myself that took a trip across the seas one day, and I can swear that over there they get along, okay. Oh, it's a grand New York, a blessed land, New York. Surely I am keep a pace with all the news. Faith in each laugh and laugh the dead she died when they sing the well and off the brings the sing paid faded blue
0: and the warm ballad singing of Miss Kate Smith. When... was a tall, dark, and handsome singing piano player who was putting on the Ritz. Yes, Harry Richmond. Have you seen the well-to-do
3: of on Lenox Avenue on that famous thoroughfare with her noses in the air? High hats and colored collars, white fat and $15, spending every dime. For a wonderful time If you're blue and You don't know where to go to Why don't you go
0: where Harlem sits Horton on the wrist And I remember one night Harry telling me he'd fallen in love with a girl He'd met in his Richmond club the night before She was the blonde bombshell That they were all talking about And they still are talking about today Jean Harlow And here she is thanking Howard Hughes For giving her her first opportunity To appear on the screen
5: I would like to use this occasion to publicly thank Mr. Hughes for the opportunity he gave
0: us. The first crooner who found his way quickly into the hearts of the people and then left us all too soon was Russ Colombo.
3: Come let us roll down lovers' Lane Once more to sing love's old refrain Soon we must say all the end off the desert my dear Here in your arms I can't remain So let me kiss you once again Soon we must sign Office my, my dear One of the most
0: original comedians who ever lived was W.C. Fields. I remember him when he first said, Hello, my little chickadee, to a beautiful chorus girl in the Broadway musical play, Poppy. I happened to stumble across a case of bourbon and went right on stumbling for several days thereafter. (laughs) Of course, now I touch nothing stronger than buttermilk. Ninety-proof buttermilk. (laughs) I look on my days of revelry with scorn and
4: reproachment and shudder. (laughs) When I recall going to the corner saloon tugging at my daddy's coattails and saying, Father, dear Father, come home with me now. Bring a jug with you. (laughs) And
0: here is the soft voice of America's greatest writer of popular songs, Irving Berlin.
5: Oh, how
4: I hate to get up in the morning. Oh, how I'd love to remain in bed. For the hardest blow of all is to hear the bugler call you got to get up, you got to get up, you got to get up this morning. Someday I'm going to murder the bugler. Someday they're going to find him dead. I'll amputate his reveille and step upon it heavily and spend the rest of my life in bed.
0: And now the greatest all-around talent that the chauvinist has ever known, George M. Cohen. Rendering his famous curtain speech.
3: I don't know who I am, and if I knew, I'd be the most miserable man on earth. But my greatest happiness lies in the fact that I occupy a unique position. For I have never been cast for a part in this great world drama of life. I am a lonely single-handed spectator. I'm sitting back, looking on and laughing. I'm laughing at the monkey signs of the great all-star company of millions and millions of men and women who are unknowingly playing the piece for me. I am the audience. And if I may say so, I'm a highly intellectual audience. For in all the changing scenes of this ever-beginning, never-ending, plotless plot. I recognize the spiritual hand of a great director, a master dramatist, who has so skillfully staged this tightly woven, disconnected spectacle of tragic nonsense. And so I am amused, and I laugh. And I applaud. And if I'm any critic, this is a very good play. Spiritually, I really think that my father thanks you. My mother thanks you. My sister thanks you. And as for myself, that goes without saying.
0: And now the voices of four great Americans. Three of them became the greats of our nation. The other tried very hard a couple of times, but didn't make it. Some people say he talked too much, and that's why he lost. But the crime in life is to lose. Here is a bit of his most famous speech many, many years ago the great commoner William Jennings Bryan. The great
3: cities are in favor of the gold standard. We reply that the great cities rest upon our broad and fertile prairies. Burn down your cities and leave our farms, and your cities will spring up again as if by magic but destroy our farms, and the grass will grow in the streets of every city of the country. If they dare to come out in the open field and defend the gold standards, the good thing, we will answer their demands by saying to them, you shall not press down upon the bow of labor this crown of thorns. You shall not crucify mankind upon a cross of
0: gold. About the year 1915, while appearing as a boy entertainer in Kansas City, I had the great privilege of meeting one of the great Americans of all time. At that time, as I recall, he was a captain in the Army. And later on, he became one of the great, great presidents of our country, Harry S. Truman. I had my
1: (laughs) sandwich and glass of buttermilk and went to bed at 630 And along about 12 o'clock, I happened to wake up for some reason, Mm -hmm. and the radio was turned on, and Mr. Captain Barn was saying, well, the president is a million votes ahead in the popular vote we have yet to get. And we are very sure that... When the country vote comes in, Mr. Truman will be defeated by another party. And I went back to bed and went to (laughs) sleep. And all 10 o'clock, I got a telegram which said that the the, uh, election was over and that uh, I should be congratulated on the fact that I had won the election,
0: Uh, and apparently it was too bad, but it happened. There are many great tragedies in life. Sometimes they are made up, perhaps, with the fact of people feeling that there is an afterlife, and the greatness of people continues and continues. Such is the case of the young, handsome President of the United States, who said, Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. John Fitzgerald Kennedy.
1: United, there is little we cannot do in a host of cooperative ventures. Divided, there is little we can do. For we dare not meet a powerful challenge at odds and split asunder. I do not shrink from this responsibility. I welcome it. I do not believe that any of us would exchange places with any other people
0: I believe, and I'm sure that many of you will agree with me, that when the history of this great country is written, particularly in these our times, that people will say one of the greatest men that ever lived in our land was Franklin Delano Roosevelt.
2: May you,
1: by your deeds, show the world that we of the United States are one people, of one mind, one spirit. One clear resolution, walking before God in the light of the living.
0: My friends, you have just listened to the voices of men and women who made their mark on the world and left an indelible memory. I don't think they'll ever be forgotten. This is Georgie Jessel in the cool of the evening wishing you a very warm good night.
2: That wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio and our special tribute to George Jessel. And here's a fact from Uncle Sam's Almanac. The flicker of pictures moving on film began in France in 1895 but the inventive ingenuity of American pioneers soon proved that we have the know-how. Today, almost a quarter of a million technicians and talents make the United States tops in movie making. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you back next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service.